Welcome back to the Answering the Ten Count Oscars podcast special, an annual tradition you've come to know and love. I think this is our fourth time doing this. I mean, it feels like the fourth time doing it. it might just be the second. It's definitely the third. De- we've definitely done at least three. Yeah. Let's say four. Uh, four feels good. Four. We might have done 2019 as well. I can't remember. Uh, with me once again, uh, as he is every year, is my good friend Charleston Das. Hello, everybody. Hello, Cal. Uh, improviser extraordinaire oh. uh, the biggest film nerd that I know thank you I mean I'm not disagreeing with either of those two billings how many films did you watch last year oh shall I, I should have my letterbox up actually for this just to make sure um, did I do I didn't do the full thousand last year but it was 900 and something I think Jesus Christ yeah. my total letterbox of all time is 996 yeah well just a just a year in, year in my life, and I watch a lot of films. I haven't this year, to be fair, but I watched probably 150 last year. It's honestly yeah. pedestrian by your standards. I mean, I I consider it a problem. I, I I mean, I should see someone about it. Okay, well, as we go through this, it'll be interesting to to see if there are any films on this these lists that you've not watched. <gasps> yes, excellent. Let's do that. Uh, I don't think there'll be in any of I, I think I think there's a, a minor category one that you've definitely seen and I haven't, and I can't wait to find out all about it. <laughs> I think I know exactly what it is. Oh, good. I, I, think, I think you have strong views about it. Is it Free Guy? No, no, I have seen Free Guy. Seen Free Guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. No, this is a documentary. Uh, oh, then it, oh, we'll get to it. The we'll get short, to it. The short documentary we'll is get not on the list. It. We'll get to it's it. Not, it's not on the list because all we've right. never done shorts all right well, well let's well let's get into it now very quickly even though that's not our plan um what is it about it's about homeless people and leave, facebook leave or homeless. something yeah it's fucking terrible go it's on so why, why is it so fucking terrible um let me look at my review and kind of remind myself so basically i'd watched i watched this the same day i watched power of the dog right and i just like i had however long leave me home is it's yeah 40 minutes i had like an hour and i couldn't watch another full film so i just cue this up on netflix it's it's basically it's stories about people who are homelessness uh and it just goes oh yeah there's a homeless person that's their life here's another homeless person that's their life that's 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 what they do and it's just it's very much the documentary that kind of documentary of gosh this is terrible someone should do something yeah okay well how many uh, how many yeah. offices does Netflix have that could be homes? How much money does it make? Oh, it's but it's terrible. Someone should do something, and it's just so surface, and it doesn't actually look at it as a societal problem. It just goes, look, there's homeless people. Mm. There they are. Um, Someone should do something at all. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually find it like annoyingly annoying. It's like a star and a half on my letterbox. Right, yeah. cool. We don't usually do shorts okay. because uh, generally we've never seen any. But Indeed. so the plan for this year, because every year we've done this, it's gone super long and we've, we've ramped up to best picture last. We're going to do the big categories, the big six categories, the actors and then director and best picture. Uh, and then we'll circle back around to the other. Categories. So the idea here is that super fans, people that just can't get enough of our hot takes on the films of 2021 can stick with us. Whereas the more casual listener, those, those, you know, the sort of people that see 20 films in a year, you know, you know, losers, uh, they can just listen to the first bit and, and then, 
regurgitate our hot takes at their dinner parties and uh, uh, as on their Twitter accounts. Yeah, I mean, we obviously, you got to stick around for our hot takes on best makeup and hairstyle. <laughs> I genuinely, I genuinely oh, yeah. do no, think I'm we have takes this. on this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably the worst film nominated in any category Ooh. coming to America. Yes, definitely, yeah. without a shadow of a doubt, it does not belong. <laughs> the Academy should hang its head in shame. So, uh, as should James Earl Jones, and oh, actually okay. Eddie Murphy. Uh, first question, Charles. In general, how do you feel about this year's Oscar class? Ooh, interesting. Um, Particularly comparing it to last year, because last year, I don't know, I felt like last year we had a lot of really good stuff. Yeah. I'm looking at a lot of these categories, particularly the, you know, the best uh, actor and actress and the best support and best supporting actress, best, uh, best supporting actor, actually, to a particular extent. Yeah. That they, they seem distinctly weaker than... It is, yeah. No, I I don't think it's been a particularly strong field. That doesn't necessarily make it a difficult job for us, though, uh, because uh, it means the the quality uh, shines on through and it makes it easier for us to choose favourites. But equally, I think, and we'll come to these as we go through each category, I think there's a lot of of really great stuff that's just been completely overlooked, as ever, every year. So, All right. Well, let's start with Best Supporting Actor. Lovely. I do, as usual, I have the betting odds here so we can talk about who's the favorite. Uh, so we have it in this category. We have Kieran Hines for Belfast, Troy Kotsur for Coda, Jesse Plemons for Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos, and Cody Smith-McPhee for Power of the Dog. So I, I do find the narratives quite interesting, you know, from when nominations come out to where we are now, you know, a week out from the ceremony. It felt like Cody Smith-McPhee was kind of nailed on. Everyone was thinking that's that's sure. his Oscar to win. Now with a, a BAFTA win and a Golden Globe, maybe, mm-hmm. and a couple other awards, Troy Kotsur has kind of emerged as what is now the favorite. I mean, looking at the betting odds right now, he's as as short odds as as one to four mm, on okay. to to win it whereas you, you're getting you know you can get three to one on cody smith mcphee yeah so it feels like a bit of a gap has emerged yeah well it's interesting i mean i think my my initial uh, impression when looking at this category was that it was it was kind of weak i mean i actually can't remember jk simmons's character particularly much from being the ricardos i think there's that one scene at the table read where um you know he 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 uh he breaks the silence and uh, mentions the elephant in the room and uh and, and that's great but other than that i mean was was he really in it very much does i mean jk simmons obviously is a brilliant actor and, and deserves recognition but from this role I'm, i mean i i really see that that feels like one of these willem dafoe as uh van gogh uh no one ever saw didn't, that film. i i, I saw it day, i saw it to this day no one except charles has ever watched that film yeah yeah no you're right i mean uh he's sort of there with nina arianda in being the ricardos and she's she's pretty good yeah um I, much more memorable than jk simmons as you say uh yeah, there's a lot. I think the two child actors or two younger actors kind of skews it as well because, like, Kieran Hines is kind of fine. And- oh yeah, no, I mean, I, I really like Kieran Hines and I, I, I liked Belfast, but again, I, his role in it doesn't really stick with me. I think I remember Judy Dench more than Kieran mm-hmm. Hines from from Belfast. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, I, I think um, I've always been a big 
well, I've also always been a big Cody Smith McPhee fan. No, I was a fan of Cody Smith McPhee in Slow West. I thought he was really, well, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Slow West. I think it's a brilliant film. And I, I really like the sort of symmetry here of uh, the 21st century Western slower more thoughtful um you know visually stunning so i i think goodies mcphee is big shit better be careful he doesn't get stereotyped as only appearing in really quality uh 21st century westerns because there's not that many of them out there and he's been yeah. in two of the very best and just before we uh move on from the, the nominees or move on to the favorite jesse plemons uh i think he's great he's great oh, yeah. the dog. Um, he really is a bit a bit of a surprise nomination i think to, obviously to get two from the same film is always a bit of a surprise well, and to, where, where did you first come across jesse plemons where, if you think about oh, him where, where do you question. associate him with because I, I think i discovered him in the tv series of fargo which he appeared in with mm-hmm. kirsten dunst again paired paired together lovely loving couple uh acting together it's really nice but um and I remember thinking, oh, he's he's really striking because uh, he he has this sort of Matt Damon-y type uh, yeah. clean cut look, but at the same time, he's not he's not uh, sort of classically leading man handsome. He's a character actor, and he just he yeah. just seemed to suddenly after that just get all the work. He appeared in everything. So I think I, I looking at his. Uh his filmography i think i saw him in bridge of spies oh yeah i must have I done that but i don't know that, that an american made but i think it was and the post but it was probably uh the the underrated 2018 comedy classic game night ah that first made me think oh, i like this guy yeah. i like him a lot um i think that's probably for a lot of people because that's that's interestingly a film that has had like a really long kind of tale that where now you you know you occasionally see people online be like hey Game Night's a really good film, and yeah. it is a really good film yeah, with a killer is. cast, uh, yeah. including Jesse Plemons as the as the cop in that. But yes, uh, he's also in Jungle Cruise. You know, I, if you saw I that. actually watched it. I mean, you don't watch as many films as I do without watching Jungle <laughs> Cruise, without watching everything that's at least free on the streaming services. Uh, he was in Judas and the Black Messiah as well, so he's had a good little run. Right. Yeah. So yeah, Jesse Plemons a good nomination. But let's talk about Troy Kotzer in Coda. Yes. And- this will be a theme throughout this podcast is there are two films that I'm kind of carping for this year, which are Coda and West Side Story. Uh, it's always the way that I think we both have like favorites. Sure. Um, and I'm just, I'm thrilled to see Coda doing so well. It was, you always worry because Apple TV plus is, you know, a minnow in the streaming service wars. You know, it's not a Netflix film. It's not even an Amazon prime or Disney plus film. Yeah. It's uh, it's not a streaming service. A ton of people have. It also came out last summer, which is, you know, traditionally not when you put out Oscar contending films because they don't live long in the memory. Uh, but Coda, and again, we'll talk about when we get into Best Picture, it feels like maybe there's a groundswell for Coda to where Coda could have a really, really good night. And that would start with Troy Kotzer winning Best Supporting Actor. I guess so. Um, it's, I, I mean, Coda lives long in my memory. It's, it's, it doesn't do anything particularly original. I'm sure um, first deaf uh, person nominated, uh, absolutely lovely. But um, the film itself is is like Edge of Seventeen or anything. It's a, it's a lovely coming of age story, heartwarming. Um, the narrative arc is exactly what you expect it to be. Um, yet somehow 
Is it the music? Is that what tugs at our heartstrings? Uh, it, it could very well be. Is it? Is it the performances? Um, a young Miss Jones is is really a, a great talent. I can't wait to see more from her. Um, I mean, this part seems perfect for Troy. Uh, I've not seen him do anything else. Uh, so maybe maybe this is all he can do. Is he a great actor or has he just been given the best part he could ever have? We, we will find out because making the part seem like nobody else could have played it is what a great actor does. And, and he's certainly done it. So I would, I would be very happy to see him take it, both for the recognition of Coda and indeed his performance. Yes, absolutely. And I think... Uh when we're talking about actors who aren't in this category, Daniel Durant, who plays Leo in Coda, again, the brother is, uh, is a fantastic, another fantastic performance. I think you're right that it is the performances, uh, of the four leads. If you like Amelia Jones, Daniel Durant, Miley Matlin and Troy Kotzer that really bring this family to life. And you really, you really believe in the, the struggle and the tension and it, I guess, and maybe in some ways, unlike other coming of age films you kind of feel like a lot in some coming of age films you feel that there's a right answer that the main mm. character's gonna try and find you know they're gonna get to that right answer whereas in coda maybe there isn't a right answer maybe you know if she just decides to stay with her family and help her family that's a totally valid reasonable choice and you could see why she would do that uh or she decides to go away and pursue her musical dreams uh i do love a musical so you know does code account maybe we'll see we'll talk about some more musicals but let's talk about some people who could or should have been in yeah. this category uh i think number one for me and hopefully i think for you as well but given we talked about it, is mike feist of course yes the west side story uh who the second he comes on screen as riff in that opening sequence you're you're in yeah you're, you're on board he's an incredible uh actor stage actor comes from uh a tony nomination for dear evan hansen for supporting role uh yeah he has been sadly overlooked for this role he was nominated at the baftas yeah uh a, a really wonderful uh little series of videos with him and rachel zegler because rachel zegler was his plus one at the baftas uh and then losing each other and doing interviews yeah. very very funny um and just, yeah, a great young actor who you hope will go on to do more things. I believe he's had some new projects announced. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I just, it's just his, um, that role of Riff uh, it was was one of the very best in the original film. And I, I really was protective in the same way you were protective about the whole film, anxious about, is this remake going to pull it off? But there's something I mean, this is very superficial, but there's something about his face. That face is has so much character, so much personality. It uh, it felt to me as if he had stepped out of '60s New York, uh, and, and it was a, it was a real joy to see him on stage. Every point, I mean, oh, we will go into great depth how much we love West Side Story soon. But what Mike uh, Feist was one of the very best bits about it. So yeah, it was sorely overlooked um, in this. Yeah, I'm um, just looking up. It's, uh, he is reportedly going to start in a film called challengers which is a romantic drama opposite zendaya oh okay it's a uh tennis film mm, one of them uh directed by Lu luca guaranino oh okay 
sexy. So that'll, be, that'll, that'll be interesting. Yeah, I'll watch that. You know, like, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had another one here that I want. I thought I wanted. Sure, to go on then. For best supporting actor, uh, talking about a film that has been completely overlooked, has had no nominations that I've seen anywhere. Uh, Ralph Ineson for the Green Knight. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a great film. Uh, I'm not. I'm, I'm not sure. Do, am I? Would I pick out Ralph Ineson? Um, from that, I'm trying to think who the best supporting actor from that is. I don't think he'd necessarily be my pick, but why? Why are you picking him in particular? He's the Green Knight. Well, yeah. It's Arguably, he's not. Well, and then he's not a supporting actor. Then is he? Dev Patel's the uh, supporting actor. In which case, he should be nominated. Well, he, I do have him in my best actor. Yeah. Uh, so um, well, I wondered when you said you had another one coming up, if you were perhaps going to talk about Woody Norman, the little boy from Come On, Come On. Um, I haven't seen it. Ah, okay. Yes. Well, it's another one that um, has been nominated elsewhere. I think the Golden Globes or something uh, picked it up. And it is, again, nothing original about it it's a, a you know a grumpy single man who's got to get on with this annoying little boy uh, but actually they they strike up a bond and, and they move together uh Joaquin phoenix is it, it is really good in it but personally i think it's woody norman the whatever he is 10 year old boy um that makes the film so because everything he does is so natural he doesn't seem to be acting at all uh i'm really impressed by that and i think mike mills the director um who famously made was it uh, beginners i think with uh, ewan mcgregor and christopher Plummer. the one about christopher Plummer is a, a newly widowed father who decides to come out and uh ewan and mcgregor is his son three women as well uh, uh yes of course yeah no so he makes um really high quality sort of emotional um relationship films and i think this is this is part of a an ongoing peak as they get better and better as the years go on so uh, yeah i I'm, I'm a big cheerleader for come on come on um uh, I it won't be to everyone's taste, but I really enjoyed it. A uh, couple more to list off just before we move sure. on. Uh, Corey Hawkins for In the Heights, which is a film that I enjoyed a lot. Uh, and I think uh, my favorite performance, for, I was thinking about The French Dispatch. Uh, that was good. I was I, I wanted to bring this up, yeah. From that, I, and I guess it's... Uh, who are you picking? Really, who, who do you put in? Because yeah. they're kind of all supporting cast, I suppose. I think I've got uh, one. I went Winning Seal Del Toro. Uh, I, went Je- I went Jeffrey Wright. So between us, yeah. Sure. Uh, but who are you picking? And this is who we want... To oh, win. sorry. Can I, can I just say one more? And this is this is yeah. very selfish because it's not going to be in any way... Um, nomin- it's not been nominated, picked up or anything, but... Um, Actually, no, no, I won't mention it now because it's not a supporting actor one. Sorry, carry on. Who am I picking from this list? Who do you want to win? Who do I want to win? Um, it's um, I, I mean, it's 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 going to be a western for me. It's either Jesse Plemons or Cody Smith McPhee. Um, I, I think it's Jesse Plemons that I want. I think that's my pick from here. I think it's it, it, because he's he's his his rise has been meteoric, 
Uh, and I think it's time that's recognised and lets him get on and just keep making better and better films. Once he's got an Oscar under his belt, he can really start picking his projects even more. Um, uh, what's the word? Um, I don't know what the word is. Even more better than he's been doing before. Well, the good thing about the supporting categories for me is that I seem to be uh, in line with where things are going. So I wanted Troy Kotzer to win this category for, as soon as it was announced. I thought, to me, it was a surprise that he was nominated. Mm. So I was, I yeah. was straight away. He was my pick, uh, and now he's kind of the betting. He's the betting favorite. So yeah, Troy Kotzer for me, uh, and that is a trend that I continue through to best supporting oh, actress. Go on. Uh, because we have, of course, the heavy favorite in this category, Ariana Bose for West Side Story. We also have Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter, Judy Dench for Belfast, Kirsten Dunst for sorry, Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog, and Anjanou Ellis for King Richard. Yeah. Um, this, isn't, this isn't another one where it's like, I don't, really? It's some of those? I'm not, you know, again, I like Kirsten Dunst, but I'm not sure mm. she needed to be nominated here. Judy Dench, the same. Andrew Ellis, the same. Uh, pleased to see Jesse Buckley, you know, Jesse yeah. Buckley, Academy Award nominee. Well, this uh, is. Who I managed, I unfortunately didn't get to see in Cabaret uh, in oh. London earlier this month. She was off the night that I got. I got Eddie Redmayne, so that was pretty okay. great. Uh, but yeah, didn't get Jesse Buckley. I'm not sure. I, I mean, I don't know, but I feel like this was after the Oscar nomination, so I'm like, uh, maybe she's not okay. coming back. Mm. Uh, well, I, 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 I don't intend to pussyfoot around with this category. Um, I'm, I'm a card-carrying Jesse Buckley fan. Uh, there's almost nothing uh, she's done that I'm not a huge, huge fan of. Wild Rose, Beasts, uh, the television Fargo. Um, actually, what, what does this Oscars tell you about the stars of the television adaptations of yeah. Fargo. There's a, a lot of them, uh, or at least three. Um, but uh, I, th- I, I think, think I think she I is brilliant. Like you, I feel like it took you ages to watch Beast. Yes, it did. It did take me a lot longer yeah. than it should have. I love um, that film. Uh, no, really good really film. Well, because um, what's his name? Johnny Flynn is is spectacular in his own right. So you, it's really a beautiful piece where you put two brilliant actors up against each other. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, she could have been nominated for almost anything and I'd be supporting her to win. But... Um, particularly for The Lost Child. I think it's, it was a, a really interesting film, a little uneven, I'm not sure um, if it's a great film in its own right, but her performance and her half of it um, really is, is the thing that carried me through the whole thing. I think I, I, ne- I never quite got on board with the Olivia Coleman side of things. Mm. Um, for me, Jesse Buckley was the star of that film, and uh, and that performance and that story that she she had to uh, get across. So yeah, that's my pick. That's my choice. And so I don't mind that the others are very weak. Uh, just gives us all the more. What are the odds like for this? Uh, well, I mean, again, the the odds are very heavily in favour of Ariane Tabolas. You're looking at as mm. as bad as one to twenty five. Well, I mean, look, Ariane Tabolas. Uh, Jesse Buckley is the rank outsider. Okay. Well, can I briefly say I've absolutely no problem with Ariana Bose winning uh, she was brilliant and it um, as with the original West Side Story it's a beautifully meaty part to get into mm-hmm. uh, and she did it great justice uh, in the remake so no, she, no complaints from me 
when she comes away with the trophy. Yeah, I mean, it, we'll, we'll talk about West Side Story more later on, but it definitely feels like it's the, it's transferred from the original to the to the remake that the three key supporting roles are in many ways far more interesting than yeah. the Maria and Tony couple, you know, the Bernardo yeah. and Riff and uh, um, Anita, Anita. Are, are have far more depth and far more interesting stuff to do. You know, the Riff Bernardo back and forths are, are brilliant in this. And I think um, to be fair, we should have mentioned, I forget his name, the actor who played Bernardo as a, a another snub for, for supporting actor. Um, because he is brilliant. Uh, David Alvarez, of course. David okay. Uh, got his start in Billy Elliot on Broadway. Oh, okay. Fun fact. Um, so yeah, they de- they definitely, they took this, they had the Hollywood star and the first timer and surrounded them with a, a trio of Broadway veterans to kind of carry the whole thing along, which was a, an inspired casting decision, yeah. I think. Uh, so Irene DeBose, she's going to win the award, but I think she she carries that kind of trio with her a little bit. Those so, it's, so it's really Mike Feist's award as well. Yay. That's what we're going to say. Um, but no, she is, she's brilliant and America is, is beautiful and it's, it's always been the heart of the show and it, it, it the heart of the, the film and it is the heart of this film again. Uh, it's an incredible performance. Lots of, fu- lots of love for that. This is true. Uh, Kirsten Dunst is the second favorite behind Ariane DeBose. If anyone's going to upset Ariane DeBose, it's Kirsten Dunst. It seems. Mm. I'll be put, well, I'll putting putting on a Jesse Buckley bet, and then that's fair enough. I mean, we can. You want to talk about bets and how well we did? Some of us did last no, year. No, no, well, not me. Some of us correctly predicted that Anthony Hopkins was going to spoil the Chadwick Boseman mm-hmm. coronation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And made a relatively uh, decent amount of money. Check on. back and listen, uh, listeners. You'll uh, you'll see it's all true. Yep. I just I had this feeling that the Oscars were gonna they were gonna fuck it, and they did. <laughs> yeah. Just, well, there you go. You know, because we don't we don't come back and talk about the Oscars after they've happened. But you've got to hope for this year something better than the closing moment of the winner is Anthony Hopkins. Here's a picture of him. Good night. <laughs> Indeed. Yes. I really, really hope so. Um, so, best supporting actress al- alternatives. Uh, I have a couple. Oh, okay. Uh, again, these two kind of go together. I think Rita Moreno and West Side Story. Uh, I think a beautiful, beautiful reimagining of the role of Doc uh, to allow for this kind of uh, generational memory in the film to call back to the original and a, a much more thoughtful. Uh, yeah, meditative role than than the original role of Doc uh, and Olga Meredith in in the Heights, as Abuela. Right. Who, again, she's the heart of that film. After and re- is the the one person recurring their role from the opening original Broadway cast of that show. Uh, so those two kind of go together. I have two slightly left field ones. I guess. All right. Well, let me do my mainstream one then. You can bring in your your your. Well, I mean, they're not not. Oh, I mean, it's just. <sighs> I mean, and I'm almost sure the reason she's not been nominated is because she just is always nominated. Is Frances McDormand from uh, uh, Macbeth um, was exactly as brilliant as Lady Macbeth as you would expect her to be, exactly as brilliant as she is in every role that she's ever played in her entire life, other than what was the um, what's the Liam Neeson superhero thing uh, or. Uh, 
turns invisible dark man or something yeah she's she's no good in that but that's she was in her 20s or something then um i need to look this up yeah she, she's just like the the love interest she's just like the the pretty young girl and nothing else really it's terrible dark man dark man is that is that it dark man that's a sam raimi joint ah there you go yeah uh oh there you go something for your list Callum. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't. I'm not telling anyone anything they don't already know. I don't. I, don't know, I mean, I haven't seen great. it. I don't know how good she could have been in Transformers: Dark of the Moon. <laughs> oh yeah, I think I have seen it because Stanley Tucci's in it as well. I mean, um, they got Anthony Hopkins for those films. There is no limit to the depths that their checkbook will not allow. Mm-hmm. But yes, Francis McDormand for uh, Tragedy Macbeth. Brilliant. Cool. Uh, yeah, two others for me. Uh, Kate Blanchett for Nightmare Alley. Oh, yeah. Good choice. I think Very actually good. I enjoyed Nightmare Alley more than I thought I would. I thought it was kind of a an also, I mean, it is kind of an also round in the Best Picture category, but it was a, a surprise for it to get nominated. Um, and I hadn't watched it, watched it this week. And I think Kate Blanchett, and we'll talk about Bradley Cooper in Best Actor. Yeah. I think those performances are actually really great. Oh yeah, no, no. It's 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 a quality film. It's uh, it's much too long, um, but uh, you don't need. You pretty much don't need the first hour. Uh, well, yeah, no. You've got to, you've got to see him become uh, uh, whatever it's called a, a con man. <laughs> One way, because he's got it's got to come full circle. I don't know. I think it could be a mystery. I think it could be a how did he get here and we, no. and we learn little bits of it. Ah, okay. Instance. Yeah. Rather than showing Ju- us the full judicious flashbacks, they don't have to show us it all straight away. And anyway, okay. Maybe you never uh, The other one I have is for honestly one of the most entertaining performances and most entertaining films I saw <laughs> this year is Emma Thompson for Cruella. Ah. Very good choice. Yes, I like what that a lot. What a performance! Well, I mean, it's it's we know Emma Thompson is brilliant, and she yeah. she gave exactly the sort of brilliant performance that you would like. Yeah, no, it's it's sorely underrated, Cruella, and I was surprised by enjoying it because I thought, oh, here's just a who asked for this, who, who exactly? wanted this. So I mean, so in a way, the new timothy chalamet willy wonka origin story thing might actually be really good written by all the paddington people so all the paddington all people. the paddington people uncle bulgaria, uncle bulgaria <laughs> all no, of them. no no that's the wombles oh no sorry <laughs> what are the in paddington it's mr gruber is isn't it this is pal Uncle Bulgaria is the Wombles. Aunt, Aunt Lucy and Uncle Pastuzo. Ah, uh, Aunt Lucy. Yeah, well, Uncle, Uncle, Bulgaria, Uncle 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 Pastuzo was made up for the films. He's not in the books, I don't think. Anyway, not Uncle Bulgaria. That is, in fact, the Wombles. You're correct. Yeah. Uh, yes, Corella. Uh, well, and actually, sorry, just when you when you mentioned Kate Blanchett in um, Nightmare Alley, Tony Collette was particularly good uh, in that early early bit very sexy tony collette uh but anyways that's that's not what you give awards for well not not at these can be yeah, okay <laughs> uh let's move on to best actor right as we're hitting the yes. big categories early this year uh so for best actor we have javier bardem for mm. being the ricardos benedict cumberbatch for power of the dog andrew garfield for tick tick boom 
Will Smith for King Richard, and Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. This, to me, is the strongest category of the big categories this year. Sure. Um, Maybe Best Director? Okay. Best Director, sure. I mean, it's... I well, I think it mirrors the overall strength of field. So I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say it, for me it's a particularly strong category because I think there are a number here that I question: is that really one of the best performances of the whole thing? But I mean, I cannot fault every one of those five actors as being a brilliant actor. It's a question as to whether these films represent that, or if it's one of the Academy's classic. Oh, we're we're really rewarding you for your body of work in the past rather than now but uh well let's look Javier Bardem I think is amazing I think he's a brilliant brilliant actor um but I did not love being the Ricardos it was absolutely fine um but I I do not believe being the Ricardos or anyone associated with it belongs at this Academy Awards really um it's it was absolutely at the top end of the middle rank of the films mm. this year um uh, it was a brilliant cast and you know it was an okay story I, I, I think that's maybe it i just don't think it's a story that felt like it needed to be told um uh, they were doing it just for the sake of reanimating these uh celebrities that people know and have heard of and so oh here's a chance for nicole kidman to pretend to be lucille ball um so yeah Javier Bardem I didn't think I don't think we saw half of the sort of power and menace and everything that he is so brilliant at doing in, in this role as uh Desi Arnaz um so yeah that's that's not one of my picks uh yeah. whereas I think ben, sorry the, yeah go on. Being the Ricardos, uh I, I totally agree that it's a it's a good film it's not it's not a bad film it's definitely not film. The thing about it that really didn't work for me was the structure. Okay, yeah. Uh, which is a very Aaron Sorkin structure of you center around the making of a thing. So the the sort of overall yep. superstructure of the film is the is the week leading up to the show with flashbacks telling you the story of how they got there. I, I don't know that I wouldn't have just wanted them to do it sort of like the eyes of Tammy Faye and, you know, that kind of biopic where you just go through chronologically i don't know that it needed this overall conceit and i don't think the the structure added anything if anything it just made it more confusing because they don't necessarily look any different you know it cuts to them in a in a room you've seen them in before looking the same oh but actually no that's six months earlier and it kind of takes you out of it a little bit i think maybe that's just me um what about benedict cumberbatch what did you think of him in power i mean benedict cumberbatch is is brilliant uh in power of the dog i mean power of the dog is is brilliant and again benedict cumberbatch was the favorite to win this but didn't you know didn't win the bafta Mm. uh and is now uh, the favorite to lose out to will smith Mm. in this category which i mean sure (laughs) again king richard is very much in the good film yeah okay yeah well let's let's get on to king richard because yeah i i absolutely agree i think that's what i would say i'd say it's it's great it's a fine film there's nothing actually wrong with it um but my i mean i said this in my letterbox review is is the story of of venus and serena williams really the story of their dad 
is that the interesting part of this story? It didn't feel like it was. It felt like we were focusing on him because Will Smith was able to play him and wanted to play him. And um, I, I actually mind that a lot less than you do. No, I know. It's fine. That's I, I, I didn't like expect like everyone whole, to. I, li- I like the whole power behind the throne thing. And, you know, the, sure. the story of, of, of what he sacrificed to get his daughters to there rather than it just being about what they did. Yeah. I, I actually do like that. But yeah, I think it's overall just... It doesn't excel. I, I, so, I think when, when you're talking about Will Smith, you've already got the pursuit of happiness, which is the ultimate uh, sort of heart-wrenching emotional story of a father who will do anything to uh, provide for his family and and, and and make for a better future. Um I mean, the, the character, well, he was a bit of a dick. He was so controlling and so it was very difficult to actually see him as a hero a lot of the time for me. So I think that that put me off a little bit. What's the one where he talks to ghosts? Oh, um, a, uh, is it called? Oh. Oh. They tried to do this and it wasn't as good. They tried to do the pursuit of happiness, but with ghosts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember the name of it. I'm I'm looking it up. Okay. I'm looking it up. Uh, it's not Aladdin. That's not <laughs> They're genies, not ghosts. Um, what was it? It was uh, Collateral Beauty. Oh, God, yeah. No, there was no way I was getting that title. Right, so, yeah. I mean, oh, he's had some stinkers. He did Collateral Beauty, Bright. Did, 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 did you watch Gemini Man? Uh, no, I've not. No, it's, it's on my list. I'll get to it. But I'm not rushing. Uh, the, the 2014 um, Annie remake, he was in that. What? He was in the first Suicide Squad, obviously. Of course. Uh, yeah, some some real bad ones. Um, just, we'll just, before we go down a Will Smith rabbit hole, uh, I wanted to say something about Benedict Cumberbatch, because I, yeah. I think it's a really powerful, it's a brilliant performance, because mm-hmm. he's, we're so used to Benedict Cumberbatch, and we, we, he's really... A good actor and and but he's so odd he's an odd sort of person there are only certain kinds of characters he can play and they tend to be like victorian gentlemen oh the um electrical life of louis wayne was another of his films this year which i actually thought was was far better than i i expect i think i gave it four out of five stars um I thought it was a solid sort of. Uh, go- I thought it was going to be a solid period piece, sort of Wednesday afternoon matinee for uh, for pensioners. Oh, they'll like to watch a lovely thing about painters in, in Victorian times and cats. Yeah, oh, perfect Venn diagram of what old people like. But actually, it's a really um, sort of affecting, heartwarming story of the power of imagination and fun and laughter. And, no, I, I really would recommend the electrical life of Louis Vane. But that's that's the kind of part I associate Benedict Cumberbatch with. He plays um, code breakers and and people in tweet and, and things like that. So to see him play this real tough guy. It actually reminds me of the time when Johnny Lee Miller and Benedict Cumberbatch did Frankenstein at the National Theatre and they swapped the roles night after night. And the night I went, it was Johnny Lee Miller as the professor and Benedict Cumberbatch as the monster. And I remember thinking, I really wish it had been the other way around because Benedict Cumberbatch is a Victorian scientist and Johnny Lee Miller's a, a lumbering creature. But actually... 
the performance he gave as Frankenstein is very similar to his mm. Phil Burbank performance. He is he is a grotesque monster, um, but with this sort of thread of humanity through him that you can just see. It's it's brilliant acting, and actually, um, I can see why he was such a favorite because it's such a surprising uh, performance and role. So I, I mean, I'm very fond of of that because I am very fond of Power of a Dog. I think I think you're, the Frankenstein callback is is a really good one. Uh, those shows were part of the National Theatre's uh, YouTube efforts right back during yeah. lockdown. So I've I've seen both versions, uh, though not live, and it was an incredible production. And they, and yes, you're absolutely right. I think that's probably the closest Benedict Cumberbatch performance that I've seen to what we see in The Power of the Dog. Um, can I talk a little bit about Andrew Garfield? Please. One of my favorite facts about this Oscar slate is that three Andrew Garfield projects are nominated. <laughs> He's and and that's you know that's mm. not to be sniffed. No, He's indeed. been in a lot of successful films this year. Oh yeah, as part of the Garfield assons, uh, <laughs> it doesn't quite work. No, but I, th- I think we're. I think he is enjoying a, a career renaissance. Uh, you know, Spider Man No Way Home was uh, a huge hit in terms of commercial success, and I think in particular drew a lot of attention to his portrayal of spider-man and people saying oh you know mm-hmm. maybe maybe he could do more spider-man <sighs> um and tick tick boom I, I love tick tick boom i think it's 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 designed to appeal to me i think uh as a musical but it's he's so good and and he also has that classic oscars thing which the oscar do love of uh learning a skill or transforming yourself Right. which is a, a classic Oscars trope of that's how to get nominated. So the fact that he spent a year learning how to sing and play piano uh, is is impressive, and it's an impressive feat. It's kind of the, you know, Joaquin Phoenix shrinking himself to be the Joker gets a nomination just for that. Uh, but I think the performance is great, and I think he, when you see the the original footage of Jonathan Larson, it's, it's kind of uncanny. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I think he's great. I'm, I'm a huge Andrew Garfield fan. Um, and, and I, th- because he, he pops up in surprise places that you don't expect him. I remember silence. Remember the, the, um, Martin Scorsese film about Portuguese monks in, um, 16th century Japan. It's amazing. Um, uh, he was in a Gia Coppola film uh, a couple of years ago called Mainstream, basically playing a sort of manic pixie dream boy um, for the social media generation. It was was a brilliant performance in a very weird film because it was by Gia Coppola. Um, But, you know, things like I first came across on television relatively recently, 99 Homes, which is from the same era as his Spider-Man's. But it's it's the story of a blue collar worker who, uh, during the credit crisis in, in 2018, starts working for a developer foreclosing on other people and it's a lovely sort of social message behind it it's a brilliant film 99 homes i'd recommend it to anyone that's out Starring, there uh, him michael shannon and laura dern of course yeah exactly he Andrew Garfield is the young Michael Shannon. They are both um, sort of really, they're everywhere, uh, yet at the same time, the choices they're making are really good choices. And I think to see the two of them in a film, uh, you know it's going to be good. And well, I'm 
yeah. I think, I think Andrew Garfield has also done, uh, yeah, Andrew Garfield has done some really good performances in questionable films. Uh, looking at his, even recently, oh, yeah. you know, uh, Under the Silver Lake is oh, another one. That's which, such a weird film. It's such a weird film, but he's he's really quite good in it. Uh, as you said, mainstream, I've not seen it. Um, Axel Ridge. Axel Ridge, yeah, yeah. In that. Uh, and I think he's also, I also think he's really good in the eyes of Tammy Faye. Oh, yeah. No, he really is. Yeah. As this sort of very earnest, but then it's, you know, you can just hear the the cynicism behind it. And it's a it's a really, in, really interesting performance in Eyes of Tammy Faye. I actually liked Eyes of Tammy Faye a lot more than I thought I would mm. as well. Uh, so, yeah, Andrew Garfield having a bit of a big year. And he is my pick because wow. I love Tick, 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 and I love Andrew Garfield. But we have one more to talk well, about. Well, and it, luckily it's my pick. So, yeah, I mean, wow. Denzel Washington as Macbeth is... I mean, if it doesn't have "Give This Man an Oscar" written all over it, I don't know what does. I mean, how it's it's such a big, hefty, um, emotional uh, part, and the the way the film is uh, shot puts him front and center the whole time. So much close up on his face, you see emotions move across it, like um, the shadows of clouds over a hillside. It's it's really. I mean, I, I don't need to tell anyone that Denzel Washington is a brilliant actor. Um, but now that he's you know that bit older, the maturity behind it uh, makes this a much more worthy um, uh, nomination to, to, for an Oscar than um, Roman J. Israel Esquire. Hmm. Not that that was a bad film. I enjoyed that, actually, when we finally saw it. Uh, yeah, love Tragedy of Macbeth, love Denzel. Uh a beautiful film we saw it together in the cinema oh, um, happy days it's meant to be seen happy memories um i do isn't it it's a weird fact isn't it that the that the baftas have never nominated denzel oh that is a weird fact yeah they've just overlooked him every and you know doing shakespeare yeah you would think that's right up the baftas mm-hmm. alley but uh no they they didn't go for him for this either very interesting idiots uh so let's talk about some some other ones that could have been uh i've already mentioned the green knight death shell absolutely uh, bradley cooper from nightmare alley another couple that i had uh i think that my my biggest one that i would have really liked to see here because i do think it's a great performance is uh peter dinklage for cyrano yeah of course well i mean peter dinklage is such a charismatic and watchable actor um yeah, he should frankly be nominated for everything he does. But here he is, really. I mean, it's, it's almost, you can just see the shouts of joy they would have as they, as um, what's his name, the director, uh, realized he'd got Dinklage to play Serrano. The whole film is built around his performance uh, in, in this role. It's it, it, it's really really good. I'm, uh, I, I'm, he should yeah he should have been nominated. Absolutely. And the other one that I had was Adam Driver. Yay! I knew you were going to say that. For Annette? <laughs> yes, sure. obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, such a weird film, but a, a great film. Uh, yes. No, really. Um, <laughs> I mean, anyone that knows anything about Leo Carax, the director, or the Sparks Brothers who wrote the music will know that you put those combination of oddballs together you're going to get a very weird film and then when you put 
Adam Driver at the heart of it. Oh, that's what stand-up comedy is really like, guys. <laughs> and Marion Cotillard, who, you know, is just as kind of an odd presence. Oh, yeah. Could could we have had Little Annette as Best Supporting Actress? That would have been a good nomination. Yeah. The that Puppet. Uh, do you have any more? Um, yes. Uh, who would I got? Right, I'll get two kind of some very small independent films. So obviously, no chance of of getting it. Um, Stephen Graham in Boiling Point. Uh, have, have you seen, seen that? It, so it's coming to it's coming to Netflix next week. Perfect. Well, so get yourself uh, down to watch it. Um, it's classic. It's almost like Safadi Brothers levels of just growing. Uh, anxiety and panic and stress because it's a one-shot film set in the kitchen of a restaurant so it's already high pressure noise and and, and everything else and things that go wrong that day really go wrong so uh no and but it's only made possible through that central performance by Stephen Graham. He's in almost every shot uh, as a result of it. And he's an incredible actor. Oh, he is. Oh, we should be so proud in Britain that we've got him. And it's yeah. great that he's he's so uh, embraced by by Hollywood. Uh, was it The Irishman he turns up in? And all well, that's what I was going to say. I, th- I think the, the thing that I always remember about uh, rooting for Stephen Graham was seeing him in The Irishman, sitting around the table yeah. with... Al Pacino and Joe Pesci uh, and De Niro and not looking out of place, holding yeah. his own in that scene yeah. in the in Florida. I think it is round the table with those three actors. It's really? Incredible, but and and you know incredible TV stuff as well. Just yeah. So one of, one of the best British actors working today. Yes, without a shadow of it. And it seems like he's a really nice man as well. I think his Desert Island Discs really uh, made me take to him very personally as well. Um, my final one is, again, so many people will never have heard of it. Um, Jim Cummings, the writer, director, editor, you know, the real auteur behind uh, The Beta Test is his film uh, this year, previously made made um thunder road and um is it called the the wolves of snowy hollow i think um it's a brilliant performance it's a it's a, a beautiful little film if i made films myself i would want to be jim cummings frankly i think the characters that he plays in in his films are um so very interesting and nuanced and um they're always nice guys trying to do the best in the world yet they have so much rage and uh everything else just bubbling away inside them that they end up doing very selfish stupid things that make for very entertaining stories um so the beta test i think beautifully follows on from thunder road and the rest of his work uh and yeah, I think I think his low budget filmmaking really needs a wider audience. I want to see him making a Marvel film. I think he could be he could be the next Taika Waititi. Um so yeah, check out Jim Cummings. Interesting. I'll need to put that on my list. Uh so we've got our picks there. Should we move on to best actress? Let's do it. Now, this is another one that's a weird group of nominees. Yeah. Uh, you've got Jessica Chastain for the Eyes of Tammy. Faye. So again, all names that we know and recognise. So it's yes, not that yes. weird. But it's in terms of the performances, it's it's a very yeah. odd list. Uh, Olivia Coleman for the Lost Daughter. Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers. Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos, and Kristen Stewart for Spencer uh, making the cut. 
right at the end, I think probably Kristen Stewart was the the odds on favorite when everyone was talking about Spencer. Everyone was like, this is the Oscar performance, uh, but really fell away and is now kind of an also ran in this category. The, the favorite uh, is Jessica Chastain. Yes. Followed by Nicole Kidman. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Odd, odd, odd list of nominees. What do you, what do you make of it, Charles? Um, yeah, I. Well, I mean, I'll just come straight out with it and, and, and say that I, Kristen Stewart was my pick because I, I did not expect to like Spencer. Same. I thought, well, I don't want to see something about Princess Diana. I remember that Nomi Watts uh, film about Diana, and that was terrible. Why are they making another one? But it's not really about. Uh, Princess Diana. It's it's in the same way that Jackie wasn't really about uh, Jackie Onassis. Uh, Pablo Lorraine um, really has fun exploring the life of um, a very sad person in a very oppressive uh, culture. It it's it's about so much more than the reality of the facts it's this is not a biopic this is taking the sort of diana story and using it as just a nail on which to hang an art house film um no i i really enjoyed it and i i really enjoyed uh kristen stewart's at the heart of it i keep we keep coming back to this and i'm sure we've bored people about it a number of times but uh kristen stewart and robert pattinson between them um continue to make some of the very best, most left field, unusual, interesting uh, cinematic choices of of any young actors uh, in, in cinema today. And, and it's just so amazing that they've done it f- coming from one of the very worst film franchises ever <laughs> made. The most boring, po-faced, stupid uh series has produced some of the the weirdest most interesting films of the last uh i don't know five six seven years yeah it definitely feels like those franchises exist on like a spectrum for me and Mm. uh, let me explain my spectrum so at the top you have the twilight pair of robert pattinson and Kristen stewart who have really as you say made some weird choices you know the lighthouse uh good time uh personal shopper yeah some really great weird films and robert pattinson i think we both now agree is one of our favorite working actors uh he sells me on a film just by being on the poster you know i saw i watched um what was that tom the devil all the time oh yes stopped watching after he was done (laughs) after he was robert pattinson was done because he was the best bit of that film and uh i think then you have the the 50 shades pair right yep of jamie dornan and dakota johnson dakota johnson she made a very concerted effort as soon as those films were free to do a lot of stuff uh stuff like a bigger splash and she did the 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 girl comedy with rebel wilson whatever that was called that was i don't fine. remember but it was it was one of those but that yeah, was yeah. alison brie was in it as well oh the uh, how to be single how to be single yeah. that was it uh Jamie Dornan less so, but obviously turned up in in Belfast this year and a mm-hmm. uh, a great a great role from him, great performance. So, and then at the other end, you've got Harry Potter, where those actors have either done nothing or really struggled to find their niche. So you've got the, I guess the Rupert Grint's and Emma Watson. Emma Watson obviously has taken a different path in life. Rupert Grint 
doesn't really act uh, at the moment. We don't really see him. Uh, what's his name? Harry Potter. Yeah, Daniel Radcliffe. Name. Daniel Radcliffe. That's it. Um, has made has tried to make some really weird choices. Yes, yes. That's just a good haven't part. paid off. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I will make the exception of uh, Swiss Army Man, which I consider one of the best films of the last few years. Uh, it's a really. Have you seen Swiss Army Man? I have not. Oh, Paul Dano and uh, uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, it, I mean, I'm, I'm not even going to summarize the plot because it is ludicrous. You, you, you're going to love it. Actually, I'm going to, I'm going to stick my neck out and say it is so weird and so funny. Yeah. Oh, go. On. Oh, I can't wait for you to watch it and tell me what you think. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go watch that. Uh, Paul Dano having a moment. Oh, I thank about time. Um, I love Paul Dano, and not just because he so, looks a bit like me. So uh, yeah, we're both picking Kristen Stewart there. Perfect. I had a honestly, I didn't have a as much as I like don't love this category. I didn't have a lot of other good options. Yeah, I think the three I think, that I had were all uh, young or debutantes. Okay, the three the trio of Rachel Zegler for West Side Story, right? Amelia Jones for Coda, and Alana Haim for Licorice Pizza. Yep, those. I mean, uh, Coda and Licorice Pizza would would definitely be uh, high on my list because I think those two performances are so central to the, those films and and so important for making it good. Yeah, no, I think I would definitely go with that. And actually, I'm I'm, I'm now thinking that maybe um, uh, Frances McDormand should have been in in best actress yeah, yeah, uh, rather than best supporting yeah. actress but anyway we've 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 i've said what i had to say about that we've moved on uh i do you have any other no no i mean you've you've covered them off with yours i'm afraid um i, I can't think of anything I else guess, i think just a week i mean there was there, there was i mean there's there's a chance that i'm not i'm not putting this forward but there's a chance that jodie comer might have been nominated not for free guy but for the last jewel um yeah which I I mean, the Last Jewel was very much overlooked uh, by, yeah. by the Academy because I I don't know if did, did it come out at the wrong time? Was it just before Christmas or something that it came out? And um, it's 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 pretty solid. I think there's there's good stuff in that, and I think I think it will find a, a new life on television. I think it's going to be like you know Apollo thirteen or something, and um, is it will just constantly be on on bank holidays because it's it's something the family can sit down and watch together. Well, as if your family enjoys you know, like yeah. three part things about rape. Uh, let's do best director. Moving on from that. Uh, so for best director, you have the huge runaway favorite Jane Campion for Power of the Dog, uh, Steven Spielberg for West Side Story, Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, Ryusuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car, and Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza. Yeah, um, this is a strong. It's it's, re- it's really really tough. I mean, I I don't know um, Hamaguchi uh, at all, really, um, and. I yeah I, well you've you've just watched Drive My Car. What, I've, what, I've literally this did, did, what, what did you think of uh, of that? Um, I think I think it's too slow. Yeah, I get <laughs> it drives too slow. I get the slow brooding thing, but there's a, there's a, there's just a lot of conversations where I'm like I look away and I'm like and then look back and go oh god they're they're still talking. Yeah. No, I know. Uh, they have you know just com- like the conversations in the bar and the conversations in the car, you just all seem to go on a bit too long. Yeah, I, I, um, I found the pace very difficult uh, yeah. with that as well. So I'm, I, I, 
in our deliberations now, I, I am discounting it. Uh, both. I think it's a lot. I think it's a lovely story and a lovely narrative, and I, I love the th- sort of thread of it of learning. Oh yeah, grief. Well, the story is brilliant. And the story is brilliant. Uh, yeah, but yes, I think the pace kind of holds it yeah. back for me a little bit. So, for me, it's. I, I guess for me, I think it's between three. Well, it's not Hamaguchi, and the one, yeah. other one I would eliminate is Jane Campion. Yeah, uh, well, that's tough. I wouldn't eliminate Jane Campion. So I've, I've got four in the mix. Um, I'm okay. I don't lean towards Kenneth Branagh because I, although Belfast was, I, I didn't quite know what to expect from Belfast, and. Um, I heard that you got exactly what was in the trailer. Well, well, I don't know. Maybe I hadn't seen the trailer, and that's that's why. But it's Belfast is essentially Roma light, if you will. It's (laughs) it's it's um, it's the same nostalgic um, sort of coming of age in a very clear sense of place. uh, all shot in crisp black and white just to make it that bit more powerful um i, I mean I, I i really liked belfast i was pleased with but i loved roma so obviously i'm going to enjoy the the methadone version of it um I, but somehow it just doesn't grab me i don't love belfast um I really enjoyed Licorice Pizza, and I love Paul Thomas Anderson. I mean, I can't actually think of a Paul Thomas Anderson film that I don't think is worthwhile, that I wouldn't recommend anyone sit and watch or indeed go and see myself. Um, so uh, I, so Jane Campion, Power of the Dog, I, I, I loved it. I love Jane Campion. Um, the piano is is an absolute masterpiece. Um and Steven Spielberg, he's bloody Steven Spielberg. But more than that, he's this movement he's made into musicals. He's never done a musical before, and here he is knocking it out of the park with the best musical uh, he ever could. Um, I could absolutely see the award going to Steven Spielberg because he deserves it for this. Um I, I he was asked about um, potentially making another musical. Right. You know, people were saying that you know that you've done such a good job. Will you do another one? And he said, No, no, that would be like uh, that would be like picking a favorite child. I, he's kind of poured everything he had of wanting to make a musical yeah. into this this love letter to the form. It's and I think that's where I guess maybe I wouldn't eliminate Jane Campion. I think the other four they all feel very responsible for yes absolutely part of of their film oh it feels like they've really got their hands around everything they haven't just told the actors where to stand yeah not that that's what (laughs) you know steven spielberg wesley story is steven spielberg's vision yeah power of the dog is jane campion's vision yep Belfast is Kenneth Branagh, you know, yeah, trying to tell his own story indeed. in a compelling way, and it's very personal. And you feel that with PTA as well in Licorice Pizza. It's 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 almost the most PTA film, yeah, that a film has ever no, PTA. Indeed. indeed, until the next one. Um, well, I, I think if you're going to push me, which I know you are, to to yeah. make a pick, I'm going to go with Paul Thomas Anderson simply because I am such a lifelong fan of everything he's done, and as you say, this film really encapsulates that so if to be given best director for licorice pizza is uh 
an acknowledgement that two PTA is a good thing to do, and uh, long may he continue to PTA. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Steven Spielberg. Fine. It's fine. Absolutely no qualms with that. Uh, yeah, I honestly, I don't think I'd hate anyone. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to see Driving Car win, but other than the other four, I yeah. think I'd be happy. Uh, obviously, I think Jane Campion is the favorite by quite some distance. Odds as long as 1 to 50 mm. on Jane Campion. Wow. Uh, the best you can get is 1 to 10. Mm. Uh, and then you're getting 22 to 1 on Kenneth yeah, Branagh. I think, I think so. I'll be putting some bets on Jane Campion and Jesse Buckley. Long odds. No, Jane Campion's very, very short odds. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. Well, I won't bother. I'll put, put one on Pop Post PTA. I was going to say P- PTA, you can get 25 to 1. Okay, I'll do that. That seems like uh, a decent punt. So let's move on to Best Picture. <gasps> Full 10 nominees for Best Picture. Uh, and there's a couple of films we've not talked Indeed. about yet, so I think we'll start with them. But let, to run through the list: Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, June, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Let's start with Don't Look Up. Sure. Well, shall we just uh, get rid of it? Yeah, I, I mean, it does. It, 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 there's no way this deserves to be in the best picture category. I don't understand why it's there. I didn't hate it. I understood what it was and appreciated it for what it was. I enjoyed it for what it was, but uh, it, it doesn't belong here. I had a horrible time. Don't look I, we've discussed in the past your relationship with Adam McKay. It's very odd because I, I really like The Big Short. The Big Short is like a five-star film. Yeah, right. indeed. It's much, much better than this. But Vice uh, and Don't Look Up, no, no. Have, have, I've, I've actively not enjoyed watching those films. With this one, a lot of it was about the filmmaking. I just didn't like the direction, didn't like the editing, uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that it's nominated for Best Film Editing is an insult, frankly. Mm. Uh, I I did not like the way this film was made. I didn't like material. Didn't like the story. The performances are okay, but yeah, di- didn't like it. Cool. Let's talk about Dune. Sure. Um, I like Dune. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, amazing. Did you see it in the cinema? I did not. I uh, saw it at home. Yeah, no. I, think I, I feel like it's, it's going to... I think Dune is expected to clean up. It's probably, I guess, now the power of the dog is kind of on the back burner a little bit. I think it would be a safe bet if betting was available to bet on Dune coming out with the most awards, right? Because it's probably going to win best production, best visual effects, best editing. Oh, definitely. Photography, it's the favorite. Yeah, uh, it's the favorite. It's the favorite for best original score, which again, it's you know. It's a great score. Any thoughts as to why Denis Villeneuve has been um, snubbed for director then, if it is so positive in every other direction? I feel like it's just such a tough class for director. Yeah. I think, true. you know, you look at, um, you know, Guillermo del Toro didn't get nominated for Nightmare, for Indeed. Nightmare Alley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's no place for, for Coda and direction. There's, yeah, there's, it's, it's a difficult a difficult career to break into, I think, this year. Um, but yeah, I think I think Dune is is really great. I am not a not a Dune head, as some people are. I I do have uh, we have some mutual friends who are big Dune heads, of course. Uh, and I I honestly I declined going to see it with them because I was like, if I don't enjoy it, it's going to be really awkward. Uh, 
uh, but I did. I I did. I don't feel like I necessarily completely understood it. Sure. Well, I, yeah, I'm planning. I'll before the sequel comes out, I will go and see the other again, maybe in a marathon. Um, uh, that would be good. Do you want to come and do that? When, the, Let's do it. when part two comes out, we'll go and see part one before and then part two. I'm sure cinemas will be showing both. Yes. Right. Okay. So date. So, I, I think it's maybe fair to say neither of those are in the running for our no, best picture. Definitely not. Let's also. I mean, June, 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 maybe, but not not with everything else we have here. No. Yeah. So let's see if we can knock off some more. Oh, easy. Let's, let's knock off uh, King Richard. Thank you. Very happy to. That would be next. I think that we would knock out the weight again. It's a good film, but it's a tier below. Uh, Nightmare Alley. I'm happy to knock off Nightmare Alley. Um, I think it's it's, it's a good film. Uh, I don't really see what about a remake of a film noir from the forties is uh, best picture worthy. Although let's not set a precedent about remakes not being worthy. <laughs> uh, then, w- which would you not eliminate next? Drive my car or Belfast? Uh, well, let's just eliminate both of them. I'm interested to know where they, where you rank. I I would eliminate to drive my car and then Belfast because. Okay. Um, Belfast didn't bore me. <laughs> Fair. Uh, okay, so I think I think we both have a top four. Yeah, a top t- a top tier. Yeah. I may, this is maybe where we'll diverge. Mm, I don't. I, I suspect we're going to be pretty similar. But okay. Okay. But the so the top four of Coda. Yeah. Licorice Pizza. Yeah. The Power of the Dog. Yeah. And West Side Story. Yeah. It certainly does feel like. I've got the best films here. Definitely. Uh, when, I, when I was looking at alternatives, uh, you know, Annette, uh, Tragedy of Macbeth, I mm-hmm. think, you know, probably deserved a place on this list. Uh, other than that, you know, I, I'd be looking at stuff to, to make up, which wouldn't be challenging for the top stuff like The French Dispatch, uh, Spencer, yeah. Tick, Tick, Boom, The Green Knight. I, I don't think, I think at least with those top four, we've got, we've got where we need to get to. Yeah. Well, it's basically everything that we we've already talked about. We've talked about ev- all the good films. Um, so yeah, so of those four, which would you drop off if you had to chop off one? Um, if I think. had to drop one off next, well, so in terms of the betting, Power of the Dog, right. it's a two way race right now between Power of the Dog and Coda. Power of the Dog was again odds on favorite. Coda last night won the Producers Guild of America okay. award. Which is usually seen. I I I've, I don't I, I don't get too into this, but my understanding is that it's seen as an Oscar Oscars indicator because of the way the voting works. Okay, fine. So because the Oscars do preferential voting, and a lot of other awards don't, but the PGA does. So the, the it's seen as an indication of the way that the preferences might fall. I get you. Okay. So it shows that maybe Coda's got quite a broad base of support for later preferences. Whereas maybe if it was just a tick in a box, yeah, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't I see. be so close. Um, then looking at Belfast and down to West Side Story, West Side Story was kind of the the second contender, you know, the one challenging part mm-hmm. of the dog, but it's fallen away. Uh, so that that's where the the betting, betting is. is. It does really feel like 
we don't know who's going to win. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah. Well, what what does Callum think? So we're, we've got the four. We've got Coda, Licorice Pizza, uh, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Which one are you going to drop? Let's see how how we can how similar we are. Power of the Dog. Oh, okay. Power of the Dog's coming off for me next. Fine. Very close between that and Licorice Pizza. Yeah, well, I mean, those those would be my two. I think I'm okay. doing it the other way around. But again, okay. it's, it's so very close. So, so well, well, that's handy. That That's that's our third and fourth place, uh, yeah. pretty much tied one way around or another, uh, Licorice Pizza and Power of the Dog, which means we have the same top two. We have West yeah. Side Story and we have Coda. Uh, uh, is it an easy choice for you between best picture of those two? Yes. Yeah. No, it is for me too. This whole thing has been a charade. Uh, There's only one film that can be the best uh, film of uh, 2021, and it is West Side Story. It's absolutely brilliant. It's it's everything I wanted it to be and more. Uh, My mum is a big fan of West Side Story, and I and I'd made a promise to her back in 2020 or whenever, Mm -hmm. maybe even earlier, that I would take her to see uh Wesley's story as soon as it opened yeah. and i did and she turned to me at the end and said well, that was better than the original mm. and i don't I, I don't know if i would go that far because the original Wesley story is uh one of my favorite films no, no. of all time i i'm with your mom on this i think it is better than the original i think it, i think it might be but it needs to sit with me a lot longer before i can make sure that kind of call but yeah, it was brilliant. I think they kept the wonderful tradition of the character, of the actor playing Tony, being the worst actor in the in the whole film. Yeah, indeed, but still, uh, I I'd say your twenty uh, first century Tony is better than your twentieth uh, century yes. Tony. So already you're ahead. Mm-hmm. I think Rachel Zegler is is brilliant as a, a first timer oh, in the role. So good, and um, and, and, and well, a hundred times better cast than uh, Russian emigre Natalie Wood. Uh, as yes. a Puerto Rican, and then we've already mentioned that that trio of of Broadway veterans, uh, uh, who who kind of hold up those two main supporting characters. The whole cast is fabulous. The the production is wonderful. The costumes are wonderful. The setting, you know, I can picture right now the apartment that they live oh, in. Oh yeah, um, Maria and and Anita and Benny. I can, you know, the 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 scenes around the table. I think some really bold decisions around the remaking of the role of Doc to to provide that role for Rita Moreno, the decision to do a lot of a lot of dialogue in Spanish without subtitles. Yeah. Uh, to kind of bring you into that alienation part of it and the us versus them part of it. Uh, a risky choice for a mainstream film. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, a surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. Um, as Emperor Palpatine would say. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah, I loved everything about this. I think the, the music is done fabulously. Even just like, you know, Corey Stahl in his brief appearance uh, as a lieutenant yeah. is great. Oh yeah, it's just, so good. And no, it's it's got it's got real menace, real romance. You feel you feel every emotion you're supposed to feel uh, throughout the film. It it does what it sets out to do, and I'm so glad that it does. And of course, it's the, it's the holy grail of remakes. Yeah. It manages to capture everything that was amazing about the original. And, and preserve the the legacy and the history of the original, but also make some bold choices and some changes that enhance it. But yeah, I mean, which is you have you have so yeah. hard. But I mean, the, 
the source material is so strong and you have and Steven Spielberg a director that you if you can't trust Steven Spielberg to make a great film I don't know who you can trust um so yeah Ready Player 1 was a, an aberration even Ready Player 1 had its fun moments but I, I I didn't feel like it was a Steven Spielberg passion project this feels like a passion project and uh uh, i i really i I want it to win the oscar so badly um for for the sake of musicals and just for the recognition of true quality as well an incredible year for the movie musical oh yeah we had this we've got tick tick boom nominated Mm -hmm. goes for best actor and in another category uh annette Mm -hmm. mentioned uh obviously overlooked but great in the heights of course a great movie a really really good movie musical i really enjoyed what they did within the heights using the form of the movie to to actually again enhance the material and and do something different not just put the stage show on the film that was really oh i mean if west side story wasn't um around then in the heights might very well be filling that space and and vying for for i don't know some some people didn't love it well some people voted for hitler (laughs) so there you go that is our picks for the top six categories we're going to circle back around now and do the the technical categories if you like sorry lightweights bye see you another time you've got your own 15 minutes if you want to move on uh, but let's get into the real nitty gritty of it, Charles. Let's talk about best makeup and hairstyling. <laughs> Your nominees in this category sure. coming to America: Cruella, Dune, <sighs> The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and I believe the yep the sole nomination for House of Gucci. Yeah, for Jared Leto's big plastic face. <laughs> um, did you watch Coming to America? Then no, I did not. Yeah. I mean, you, you're missing nothing. It's, um, I mean, the original coming to America is great. I mean, we've all seen it. We all love it. Um, this was exactly what I expected to be, uh, except worse. Um, it's just, oh, I don't even really want to talk about it. I'd rather not remember that I watched let's not, it. Let's not then. Let's not. Uh, I did Tammy Faye, <clears throat> the favorite to win this category. Which is a bit surprising to me, given that Jessica Chastain has said that the makeup in Eyes of Tammy Faye genuinely caused damage to her skin. Uh, but I do think it's good. I think you know it's her and Andrew Garfield in in facial prosthetics. Yeah, uh, obviously a lot of makeup going on for Jessica Chastain. Uh, but for me, in this category, it's got to be Cruella. Yeah, no, it really does. I, I, th- I think just on that, I did, after you told me about the uh, Jessica Ch- Chastain quote, I did look it up. And I think I think what she was saying is that she lives a very clean living life and doesn't wear a lot of makeup and you know looks after her skin. And to play this part, she had to wear a lot of makeup and it has a negative effect on her uh, because she's so used to being pure and clean. Um, I don't think it's necessarily the fault of okay. the makeup brand or whatever itself, just the principle of it. She was playing a part that required a lot of makeup and you know, that's, you know, you have to have to suffer for your art sometimes. Um, but yeah, no, Cruella's uh, makeup and hairstyling, uh, as I think we'll get to with costume design was, uh, was 
was part of what made it such a great film. Uh, so much fun. Uh, best costume design, who is the favorite for this? It's probably going to be June. Uh, for most of these categories, the answer is probably going to be, oh no, Cruella! Cruella is the betting favorite. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the thing. It's a film about costume design, uh, and it, yeah, it always but... becomes difficult uh, in those respects. They really do have to pull out the stops. Uh, but it is, it, it is. It's something that stays with you uh, after the film, is the look of it and the 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 costumes and hair so i'm very happy for them to to do a doubler and take both of these although if west side story was to get best costume design no complaints from me there well this is the other thing that was what was tough for me in this category was west side story is there and the costuming is 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 wonderful west side story also in this it's quite a strong category actually cyrano uh and nine morale i think cyrano uh, you know, I it's a period piece, no, it's but the, I mean the, the costume really stuck with me from Cyrano. It was the very first scene you see um, uh, Roxanne putting on a dress, and it's all mm. about the the dress choices she she makes. And I remember noting Cyrano's change of clothes throughout it as well. So you know, it's it's definitely a worthy contender here. But um, yeah, I think I think it it would be really nice to have Cruella recognized uh as i say a film about costume design costume design was really important i think uh i think that's where it belongs for the second year we no longer have to have the debate about the difference between yeah. sound mixing and sound editing the oscar nominees for best sound are belfast june no time to die the power of the dog and west side story i mean again one of the reasons we we always have this debate is we're not experts in this. I, I'm, I'm not sure I really feel qualified to comment on who had the best sound. I mean, West Side Story obviously had to balance music against everything else, which uh, uh, has got to be a challenge. Um, uh, actually, last summer, I, I made my own short film, which included a West Side Story parody and uh, editing the sound uh, around the the dance-off sequence was really difficult. So, yeah, I'm uniquely qualified now of just that. I'm going to I'm going to say West Side Story a, because I want to bump up their uh, total Oscar take, but also just because um, they they were juggling an extra ball that no one else had to deal with. Yeah. No, I, I'm also going for West Side Story, and it's for an entirely different reason. Uh, just when I think of and it's you know it's not the whole film but when i think of the opening sequence mm. and then and the sounds of yeah you know the yep. crunching across this wasteland of, of broken buildings and the sound the non-music sound really does bring the the setting to life in west side i was just th- thinking of that opening sequence of west side story as a, a 1917 fan did you feel uh flashbacks to the 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 does, does it, the the bombed out city sequence yeah, in that. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I definitely, yeah, could see that kind of parallel a little bit. Love 1970. Yeah, I know you don't. Yeah. Uh, best production design, June, mm. Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. I went for The Tragedy of Macbeth. Yeah, I mean, because that castle is, is, so, is so stark and so stunning, and it, it really stays with you. Um, I, I did wonder, it was my gut choice. Um, but then at the same time, it is also so minimalist. Is it is it a bit easy to do something like that? Did somebody make it, more effort? 
So I th- I think for me the production design of, of Treasure Macbeth and that castle in particular is not it's not the aesthetics of it it's the the layout of it sure the way it's designed like an unraveling mind you know yeah oh it's it's maze like qualities where you're kind of you're never quite sure where they are in relative to other places you never really get a, a handle on the place from watching the film despite how much time we spend watching people there yeah you never really feel like you understand where it is and it's the same with them you know, there's a lot of these of the of the out of castle places where they you know they visit the camp at the start yeah. and the, the house a couple of times it all feels like these exist on different planes of reality mm-hmm. yes because they're sort of you know they're, they're sort of missed around the edges yes well like stage sets almost but um yeah exactly. the i i think I, actually just looking at it they, these feet five uh, contestants are actually possibly the strongest category in here. I don't think there's one that I could say, oh, well, it's not that. Because I think of West Side Story, you think of the drugstore and all those um, like worn down wooden uh, cabinets and the the, cl- the floor that um, Tony is sweeping clean has been uh, worn down over the years. It's it, it, beautiful the touches there. Really oh, the salt factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then equally, the power of the dog uh, uh, conjures up the Old West beautifully as well, and Nightmare Alley as well. Production design comes into its own with period pieces, and actually all of these are period pieces. Uh, and If you count far the in the future, future on a distant <laughs> planet as a period. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the real achievements in all of these, it's very difficult for me to choose. But... Um, yeah, okay, like you, I will go with my gut and I'll, I'll go with uh, Tragedy of Macbeth simply because of just how long that stays with you as part of the, the whole film. So I have not seen enough of the documentary features to really make a determination oh. here. Uh, I don't know if you have. Let me see, what have I seen? Um, I've seen Flea. Are, you've seen Flea. Uh, I haven't seen Flea yet. I've seen Summer I've of seen Soul. Summer of Soul and that, that'll uh, be my pick. Okay. Well, I haven't seen any of the others, so we'll, we'll just move on from there. Uh, best visual effects. We have Dune, Free Guy, No Time to Die, Shang-Chi, and Spider-Man No Way Home. Any thoughts? Uh, what's the seen them all? Uh, I, I have seen them all, you know? Yeah, me too. Have you, have you, okay, good, good. Uh, Dune is the runaway favorite, followed by uh, Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean... I think, yeah. Sure, I, I I think Dune probably yeah. just for the scale. No, me too. They were able to create with these visual effects, and they really, you know, like, visual effects have come so far. It's, uh, yeah, it's funny. We're we're currently rewatching uh, Stargate Atlantis. Oh yes, I knew you were a big which, fan. Yeah, it is you know early two thousands TV sci fi. It really doesn't look real at any point. Uh, still, you know, and, that, and that's only fifteen years ago. Uh, we're not talking about the eighties here, but yeah, the the scale they're able to achieve with Dune, I think, is uh, yeah, wonderful. Animated feature film thoughts: mm-hmm. we have Encanto, Flea, Luca, The Mitchells versus the Machines, and Raya and the Last Dragon. Three Disney offerings, and then Flea, which of course has the distinction yeah. of being the first film to ever uh, be nominated in Best Documentary, Best Animated and Best International at the same time. Yeah. Um, so I've seen all of these. Have you seen all these? 
Uh, no, I've only seen Encanto and Raya. Ah, okay. Um, oh well, I I tried to get everyone to watch Mitchell's versus the Machines during our uh, film uh, uh, film group. Uh, what was it called? Pitch battle contest last year. Surprised they didn't get you to in on that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I it's it's difficult for me. I because they're all they're all kind of fine. I I didn't get as obsessed with Encanto as everyone else seems to have been. I thought it was it was it was an odd film. I mean, the, there's some some banging songs in it, but uh, I think I was confused quite a lot of the time through Encanto. I'm not quite sure I knew why. Why? Why is the house upset? What's what's going on? What's what's? Oh, it's one of these magic candles that makes a house appear. The stories. Oh yeah, let's let's just do that before the credits and explain. Well, maybe kids can get on board with these things more easily than I can. But uh, it was fine. Flea is is very worthy, but very good. Uh, I don't mean I don't. I'm never going to want to watch Flea again. Uh, it was fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, immigrants, immigrants plus gay really is is what they're really just trying to tick a lot of um, boxes there, and and it's it's a, a a really affecting story, but um, Luca Luca is a good Pixar film. Um, I actually, yeah, I I think Luca is my pick here. I was oh. I was surprised by Mitchell's Machines. I didn't expect much from it but actually i i found it quite a good uh story um but is it then then later on in the year what was it called ron goes wrong came out from was it dreamworks brought that out or someone else illumination um and it's almost the same uh sort of story it's it's kind of become a sort of animated black mirror cliche of oh technology is going to destroy the world kind of thing is this our reaction from uh, a lockdown of being stuck in zoom meetings um and Rhea and the last dragon i i thought was fine uh but just really didn't do anything for me um uh, it, 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 I mean, Ray and the Last Dragon alongside Shang-Chi would be a good um, double bill just in, uh, yes, okay, yes, mystical uh, story of ancient magic that needs to be unlocked by lots of kick-ass action. Um, so, yeah, Luca for me from this. Which I, I realize this is just me monologuing because you've not seen the yeah, pretty much. Nothing yeah. you can do about it. Uh, so when we move on to the screenplays, best adapted screenplay is another option opportunity for me to vote for Coda because of course it's yeah. based on a, a French film. Uh, also nominated: Drive My Car, June, The Lost Daughter, and The Power of the Dog. Yep. Uh, this is part, uh, I get Power of the Dog, the favorite here, followed by. The lost really? daughter coda i mean potentially i would have thought that june is the is the key one in here because it's it's no. not they're not just adapting the novel they're adapting the other films that have attempted it so no i i i think it really for me june what he's achieved here is a great retelling of the story because it's famously a massive sprawling difficult book it's very difficult to translate that to the screen and i think uh diddy villeneuve has done a good job of doing it so i think in terms of adapting a screenplay 
I'm very surprised that June is not a favourite. So is that your vote, June? Yes, I think so, because I think I thought the Lost Daughter was uneven. Um, the Power of the Dog is great, but I don't really know much about the the novel. I, I didn't know it was an adaptation, uh, so I'm not picking that. I mean, Coda, I, I mean, I'm, I'm tempted like you to vote for Coda just because there's another chance to... Uh, to vote for Coda, but no, I think I think just because of so very clearly well known and already loved material being uh, translated, then I, I think it's got to be a June. Well, actually, why is why is West Side Story not here as an adapted screenplay? That's a good point. That's a good point. Best original screenplay: We have Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and The Worst Person in the World. Ah. This film was not talked about, and I also have not. Ah, seen it. I have seen it, and I was very pleased about it. Uh, Joachim Trier, um, or however you pronounce it, is uh, it was a new name to me this year, uh, and I think it was when The Worst Person in the World was released. Uh, this is the third in a trilogy of Oslo-based films. Uh, and obviously I thought, well, I better catch up. So I, I watched the first two before I watched Worst Person in the World. It's a very loose trilogy. They're not the same characters, just the same sort of settings uh, and, and themes. And I didn't really get on with the first. They were fine, um, but did not grab me. Uh, so I went into the Worst Person in the World really quite down, thinking, oh, I've got to get through this just to... Uh, just for Callum's podcast and no other reasons. The only reason I watch films, um, but was incredibly pleasantly surprised to find that uh, now that there was a female led film in this trilogy, um, there was real, I don't know. I, I it just clicked with me. I, maybe he's got better at uh, telling a story or actually having something to say. I think, what I felt about the first two was that they were very um, self-indulgent stories about uh, middle-class white men, uh, you know, wanting to be writers and trying to get a girlfriend. And um, I was I was bored by them. This is the story about one woman's um, quest for love, really. And maybe it's maybe it's the fact that this one is more alien to me than the other two and maybe as a as a middle-class white man trying to make my way in the world i'm bored by seeing my story being told up there but interested in hearing the story of a woman and the choices she have to has to make about whether um, the more suitable man or the the man that excites her or the is the choice that she should make so i would i would recommend you watch the worst person in the world but i would also oh, I recommend that you don't bother with the the first two <laughs> okay that's a good note thank you i uh, i think this is probably pta's oscar i'd this love year. it is, i would absolutely this love it. this year uh it's, it gets gets my pick uh and it, he is the favorite they are the favorite uh to win that so this looks like when we're going to get PTA. Well, I think I can vote for the worst person in the world under international film. So I'm very, very happy to give it to PTA here. Okay. Best film editing, June. Don't look up. King Richard, The Power of the Dog, and Tick, Tick, Boom. Again, this was my opportunity to vote for Tick, Tick, Boom. So 
I did. doing that. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think it might be June for me simply because, as I said before, so sprawling and difficult, a big story to tell. Uh, the way you cut that together, the way you try and turn um, that the pages of a novel into a film uh, requires really careful editing. So um, the problem is that you're also doing that with Power of Dog. Um, it, it's a toss-up for me between the two. I don't think I've given enough to Power of the Dog, but I, I am going to give it to June for this. They are the fa- is the favourite June to win the film editing Oscar among yeah all these other technical categories. Uh, Best international feature: Drive My Car, Flee, The Hand of God, Lunana, mm. A Yak in the Classroom, oh. and The Worst Person in the World. I have not seen Lunana, a, lack, a, a Yak in the Classroom, and I would love to. I'm really disappointed that I've not been able to see it. It was actually it was being shown at a Welsh film festival uh, that. I discovered that it was on the day after it had been on, um, and so I wasn't able to watch it. But I could have dialed in and watched it uh, if I'd looked 24 hours earlier, and I would have. Um, I I really love Paolo Sorrentino. Uh, the Hand of God is a good example of that. I don't think it's one of his best. Um, so... It's nice to see it recognised. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to pick that. I think we've already talked about Drive My Car and Flee uh, already. I'm not wild about either of them. So unless Luana, a yak in the classroom, is amazing, uh, and God, I hope it is, um, <laughs> I, my, I'm got, I've got to vote for The Worst Person in the World, which I really, really enjoyed. It's a great sequence. The, the sort of cover of it is a sort of woman running down the road. And I don't think it's a spoiler to tell you that this sequence involves her essentially stopping time and then running through the streets of Oslo to go and meet the person that she needs to meet uh, just because she has suddenly come to a realisation. Um, so it's a, it's a lovely sort of rom-com. Uh, an art house rom-com is what Worst Person in the World is, and I think uh, Interesting. you should, you should I watch, to watch it. That, then. Uh, best original score, we have Dune, oh. Don't Look Up, The Power of the Dog, Encanto, and Parallel Mothers. Again, Dune is the favourite with that Hans Zimmer score, and it's uh, no surprise to me. I, I went with that as well. Uh, well, I went uh, Johnny Greenwood for uh, Power of the Dog. I think uh, yeah. he's such a great film score. You think of the Phantom Thread and all the other uh, uh, work that he's done. Um, uh, what's uh, there will be blood. I, I, it was almost I could tell it was Johnny Greenwood without actually looking it up. I did, obviously. I thought, oh, this sounds like Johnny Greenwood. I looked up and it was him. And I think once you get to that sort of level, you're, you're basically, he is almost Hans Zimmer now. Um, mm. So I'm, I'm going to give it to Johnny Greenwood because I really like him. I, uh, Johnny Greenwood, actually, uh, to show how well Johnny Greenwood has been accepted by the sort of Hollywood types, uh, Johnny Greenwood accepted the Oscar, the BAFTA for Jane Campion for Best Director. Right amazing that's, that's how yeah. well in he is now with kind of making films and making big films in hollywood uh so yeah i think that's that's entirely reasonable to go with the power of the dog uh and then finally best cinematography we have dune nightmare alley the power of the dog the tragedy of macbeth and west side story uh well macbeth obviously screams out for it 
but then West Side Story, Power of the Dog. I mean, I just want West Side it's Story. So, it's, this, is, this is as strong a category as uh, production design. And in a way, they're, they're sort of the same. Well, actually, are they all the same films? Tragedy Macbeth, West Side Story, Power of the Dog, Nightmare Alley, yes. June. They are, of course. That's why they're both such strong categories. I guess, I guess what we're saying is that the uh, this year there's been a lot of very good-looking oh, films. so good. Um, who did I give it to for production design did i give it to uh, Macbeth. Macbeth? you see because i mm, i'm gonna give it to west side story for cinematography yeah. yeah good well we're done that's it that's all the awards covered not bad that's a pretty good time as well that's isn't nice. it that's very good time for us. Uh, yeah, Dune is the favorite to win cinematography. Again, quite a heavy favorite ahead of Power of the Dog. Uh, and yeah, Hans Zimmer is, and Johnny Greenwood are the two vying for, for best original score. So we're, we're, we're on the money there. Have you been uh, totting up our uh, awards there? Can you give us a rundown of uh, who, who the best winner is out of our, you know, who's got the most wins from our... Is, are we June heads? Are we? Has West Side Story come out top? I feel, I feel like. Uh, I mean, if you've not been taught to get up, it doesn't matter. I have not been. Well, there we go. There's well. no way we can tell then. We'll have to listen back. Our many fans and listeners will uh, write into us and tell us um, exactly exactly what. what I mean, last said. year we were because we don't, we're not picking who we think is going to win. We are picking picking who, who should win. Want to win? Uh, we were none of us were right on the big categories last year uh we didn't go for nomadland we didn't go for francis mcdormand we didn't go for anthony hopkins yeah it was it was it was all sound of metal for me last year actually mm. uh, what about me you're just looking back at an uh, old spreadsheet i am i mean you you picked minari and oh, carrie mulligan oh, happy days yeah you did pick chloe Zhao for nomadland for yes. best director that was oh and then of course well we've not mentioned the eternals this year oh we're so excited for what chloe Zhao was going to do with her new marvel money yeah did you watch it yeah yeah i did of course i did um i i didn't hate it it's just i i mean i think it's a fundamental fundamental marvel problem that like you're really going to struggle to get me into new characters and new concepts <laughs> at this point just more spider-man please okay. i know there's yeah there was a a podcast that i listened to a lot of the ringers big picture podcast they were talking about marvel movies and they were talking about how marvel movies are basically now like american football and there are people who watch you know every week so they're the ones that will see shang chi and eternals and black widow but there are some people that only watch the super bowl every year and those are the people who are turning out for no, for Spider-Man. Right, yeah. The, uh, the idea that all Marvel fans consume everything now is there's just so much you can't. And I, I think that's that's where the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going. But they still didn't get their best picture. And there was a lot of push for, for No Way Home to get on the best picture list this year. Uh, people maybe felt that because the... They, they sort of they said in advance they were going to do 10 this year for the first time right i think a lot of people felt like this was the this was the time to to get a marvel picture on there but you got you got june so 
that's for that one's for the nerds. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Charles, thank you for doing this again. Uh, Real pleasure. It's a, it's a good tradition. Yeah. I mean, nobody listens to it though, Callum, do they? What, have you ever had any feedback? Anyone said, oh, I didn't like your hot take on um, costume design. Oh. Let's hope so. I mean, I, I'd love I that. don't think it matters. No one's listening to it. No, it's no, we're we do it for each other. other. We do. We do. Uh, we'll need to figure out if we're going to watch the Oscars together. Oh, you know, like we have done mm, that. Yeah. It's always a Sunday night, though. It's tough. Well, I mean, the next day. Work in the morning. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, we can do that. We're not young anymore. Yeah, well, that's true. But then that involves avoiding hearing the results. Nah, nah it doesn't. Yeah. Does it really? It doesn't matter. No, we I can find out the results. The past. I, I remember being spoiled on Olivia Coleman. Right. Yeah. And it's a weird feeling being spoiled on something like that. Be like, oh, yay. Oh, balls. I didn't want to know. But, you know. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Thank you very much for anyone who has listened. We hope you've enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm well done for staying to the end. Indeed. You must Enjoy. love us. Check out our social media. Yeah. We're not going to tell you what it no, is. No, you yeah, I, like I say, check it out. Yeah, go find yeah. it. It's, Come on. You have to do some work now. We will be back next year oh. with more films, more hot takes. Oh, just think of all the films that we will have seen then that we haven't seen now. I can't wait. Yeah, that's a lot. Yay for films! It's a beautiful day. We should go out in the sunshine, Cal. Yeah, Cal. Oh, I, th- I, th- I think you've frozen. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to press the stop button. All right, okay. But it's bye, everybody. Oh. Maybe, maybe I need to do it. <laughs>